Shabbat Shalom, everybody. It's such a pleasure and an honor to be sharing the Word of God with you. And we are going to be looking at the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 1. We already covered part of this first chapter, which we're going to resume from verse 17. First Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 17. For Messiah did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Messiah should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Messiah crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Messiah the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the thing, to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are you in Messiah Yeshua, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Shall we just ask God's blessing on his word? We thank you, Lord God, for your life-giving word, and pray that we may understand the things of God and that we may walk with you in the light of your truth 
Bless this message, we pray, and give us understanding in your truth. We pray in our Lord Yeshua's name. Amen. My text is verse 17. For Messiah did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Messiah should be made of no effect. And he, Shaul is writing to the believers in the city of Corinth, and he has begun his letter with a a salutation, a greeting, but there were various things that were not right in the in the Kehilah in Corinth that he had to deal with. But he began with a message of love and of kindness. The, the problem, one problem he faced was sectarianism where the believers in Corinth split up into different groups and gave themselves different names. Saul says in verse 26, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. The call of God is mentioned in this letter, in this first chapter, verse 2 and verse 9, he quotes the the call of God. In verse 2 of chapter 1, to the Kehilah of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Messiah Yeshua, called to be saints with all who in every place call on the name of Yeshua, Mashiach, our Lord, both theirs and ours, called to be saints. And again in verse 9, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Yeshua, Mashiach, our Lord. The call of God. Shaul himself experienced the call of God. He says in his letter to the Galatian believers, Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his Son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. The call of God mentioned here. And the call of God in this context is the salvation of God. Your calling, he says to them, You see your calling, brothers and sisters, not many 
worldly wise are called. So we could title our message today as two little words, your calling. Messiah called us to himself. First of all, how how does God call? How does God call the sinner to repentance? Turn with me to Job chapter 33. Job chapter 33, beginning at verse 14. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. The world is always hearing the call of God, but they're paying no attention to his call. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. So what God does is to get our attention when there's nothing else to distract us, and that often means that God speaks to us while we're asleep. Verse 15 of Job 33. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction in order to turn man from his deed and conceal pride from man. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. God comes to the sleeping sinner and calls him, makes him pay attention. God has several ways of making people pay attention and one way is by sickness. In this case, it's by sickness. Verse 18, he keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. Man is also chastened with pain on his bed and with strong pain in many of his bones so that his life abhors bread and his soul succulent food. His flesh wastes away from sight and his bones stick out which once were not seen. Yes, his his soul draws near the pit and his life to the executioners. Sometimes God has to deal pretty severely with the sinner that refuses to listen to him. But he also sends him a messenger. Verse 23, If there is a messenger for him, a mediator, one among a thousand, to show man his uprightness, then he is gracious to him and says, Deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. That's what God says to us. I have found a ransom. And that ransom is our Lord Yeshua. His flesh shall be young like a child's. He shall return to the days of his youth. He shall pray to God and he will delight in him. 
he shall see his face with joy, for he restores to man his righteousness. And he looks at men and says, I have sinned and perverted what was right and it did not profit me. He will redeem his soul from going down to the pit and his life shall see the light. Behold, God works all these things twice, in fact three times with a man to bring back his soul from the pit that he may be enlightened with the light of life. He brings man to the gates of death but holds him still alive and gets his attention. So God calls many times in sleep or through sickness. Other ways in which God calls are through circumstances, disappointment, loss, a broken relationship. God speaks to the sinner and says, in me you will find your salvation. God also speaks, God also calls through nature. In Psalm 19, verses 1 to 4, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. So God calls in a variety of ways and I'm reminded of a great man of God, Thomas Chalmers, who was a great Christian leader in Scotland. God had something to tell him, but he wasn't listening. So for six months, he lay sick in bed until he turned in his heart to God and God got his attention and as one writer said, once the messenger has been heard, he takes his departure. Coming back to First Corinthians chapter 1, there's a description of the called in verses 2 through 9 of chapter 1. In verse 2, he calls them saints. Those that God calls are called saints. Another description of the called of God is in verse 3. They have grace and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Yeshua, Mashiach. The called of God are enriched by God in all knowledge and utterance. He says in verse 5 that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge. They are, the called of God are also witnesses for God. 
even as the testimony of Messiah was confirmed in you. That's in verse 6. In verse 7, another description of the saints is that they were the leaders in gifts. Verse 7, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord, Yeshua Mashiach. They lead the way in gifts. They are also those who persevere in the faith. In verse 8, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Yeshua our Lord. And verse 9, God is, yes, we read that. Verse 8, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Yeshua, Mashiach. They had all these things going for them, but they were also guilty of many shortfalls. Those who are called are contrasted with those who are not called. Verse 18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Those are not called who fall into that category of regarding the gospel as foolishness. And the reason why they are not called is to exclude boasting. Verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Or verse 31, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Boasting is excluded. God chooses those whom the world regards as not worthy of further notice. What are the benefits of the called? They are, first of all, those who are called are described as being in Messiah. Colossians 2 and verse 9. For in him, in Messiah, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All believers are to be found united to Messiah. Verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, etc., are called. But of him, in verse 30 and 31, but of him you are in Messiah Yeshua, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Messiah is our wisdom, Messiah is our righteousness, Messiah is our sanctification, and Messiah is our redemption. These are the benefits of the called of God. In Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, 
and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And to be found in Messiah is to be found in one who is our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification, our redemption. By way of application, we ought to be growing spiritually. In chapter 3, verse 2, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. They needed heavenly wisdom. They needed heavenly righteousness. And this is also to be found in Messiah. In Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 5 and 6. Jeremiah 23, verses 5 and 6. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called. Adonai Tzidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. That's the benefit of being called of God. We're given heavenly wisdom, heavenly righteousness, heavenly sanctification. Our Lord Yeshua in his highly high priestly prayer said, For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified by the truth. Messiah is our sanctification, and Messiah is our redemption. In Psalm 18, Psalm 18, verses 1 and 2, David's praying, praising God, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Messiah is our redemption, our deliverer, as we sang earlier on. So what is our responsibility for the benefit of God's call. We are to grow up spiritually. We are to build up one another in our most holy faith. We must be slow to judge others. We must take away the leaven of malice and wickedness. Chapter 5 of Corinthians and verse 7. Therefore purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For even Messiah, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, 
but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Purge out the old leaven, learn to love one another and to glorify God in our body and in our spirit. Chapter 6 of Corinthians, verses 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to Yeshua, our Messiah. And he is all that we need. Through him we receive all things that are needful for grace and for salvation. Shall we thank God together for his salvation? Shall we pray? O Lord our God, we thank you for the day in which you called us to yourself. We remember that day above as a day above all other days and we thank you that with your calling comes eternal salvation. Help us, our Father, to fulfill our calling and to seek your honor in our daily lives, in our thoughts, in our words, and in our walk. We pray in our Lord Yeshua's name. Amen.